0: Chapter 16 A Dash of Speculation The next morning the sun was out in D.C., however, no one in the small clandestine branch of the Department of Agriculture would have known it, having spent the majority of the evening and early morning hours poring over the boxes of files Colonel Rhodes gave them the day before. It was the paper equivalent of an archaeological dig, the earliest record of organization transactions. The very ones President Terrence Washington removed from the organization's command center in Iraq. The same ones that led to Colonel Rhodes being shot and subsequently faking his own death. They were the Dead Sea Scrolls of Intelligence on the organization. Quan and Amon had taken the bulk of the evening, spreading it all out on tables throughout the large open area, trying to sort through the paperwork and put it in some semblance of order. Jack and Luke circled the tables, poring over everything in plain sight, trying to make sense of it all. It was a goddamn mess. Papers everywhere, seemingly random with no table of contents or filing system in place that made sense. They were looking for a specific piece of hay in a veritable haystack. The so-called marketing materials Rhodes had mentioned were there, and damning in and of themselves, No doubt they would have made great headlines for a major news publication or network. However, there was no smoking gun tying any of it to any single person or corporation. Other than the fact that several of the marketing plans could be linked directly to actual wartime events, proving it would have been impossible. It was all conjecture with a liberal dash of speculation and a side order of conspiracy theory. That said, the brothers knew from their own experience, just because something might seem outrageous or implausible doesn't mean it's not true. It was 2 a.m. the next morning when Jack had an idea, one he couldn't believe had taken him so long to come up with. His memory was unflappable, and he had every stock trade mapped in his mind, a permanent record of sorts. He printed them out so the others could study them as well, He also had Rhodes' crew assemble a detailed list of every military initiative and after action report on Afghanistan and Iraq from the beginning to the current and ongoing operations. He had them list everything, all of it, no matter how insignificant, along with dates and times. If they were interested in him because of his trades, then something had to tie back to the organization. But as Jack began to realize, As compact as everything was in his mind, once it was out on paper, it was dawning. He was an active trader, and there were literally thousands of trades. But there may have been only a handful that put him in the organization's radar. Finding those trades might be more distraction from the project at large. Nonetheless, he and Luke kept at it, circling the table like vultures over a dead rat sucking it all in and quietly communicating with each other with the speed and precision only psychic connections could afford. Bosco hadn't moved much except to relieve himself on a little patch of gravel on the roof. He lay on a worn, comfortable sofa near an open coffee area in the middle of the room. From time to time, Luke checked in on him, only to find him dreaming about chasing some animal— and occasionally running from a flash emanating from the muzzle of a gun. The Greenleaf fiasco, no doubt. At one point, while connected with him, he overheard two of the Department of Ag employees mention how creepy the brothers were acting, not saying a word to each other and just holding up random pieces of paper to which there was never a reply. With that bit of information... Jack and Luke began to communicate more verbally to avoid arousing any more suspicion than necessary. "'What the hell is this stuff?' Luke asked, holding up one of the pieces of paper. No one had heard him speak in several hours, and nobody knew who he was talking to. "'Sir?' one of the workers finally replied. "'These things,' Luke said, pointing to symbols frequently used in place of words." interspersed in what looked to be confidential communiques. No clue, the young man with horn-rimmed glasses said. We assume maybe these were just copies of the originals, with symbols woven in as a way to redact sensitive information instead of just blacking them out. As Luke continued to pour through the papers, it certainly seemed plausible. However, nothing felt right about it. There didn't appear to be a pattern to the symbols or a reason why they would have used them instead of a trusty felt-tip marker, but he decided to put any conjecture aside and see if there was anything that could be gleaned at all. Jack moved over to a large rolling whiteboard, jotting down war events and trying to reconcile them with his own trading statements. Even for a gifted guy who was great at numbers and patterns, he was having difficulty. All the traits had been made on intuition, or worse, an autonomic response to potentially hundreds of stimuli from industry articles, trade magazines, or news shows. All just a random collection of stuff, stuff that had coalesced in his head, ultimately leading him to pick stocks. He was now trying, well, retroactively to create an algorithm of sorts to make sense of what he had done and why he did it. It just wasn't working. A thought began to form into Luke's head, but before he could properly censor it, Jack heard it. I thought you said that shit would fry my brain, Jack interjected. Ugh, I hate this mind-reading shit, Luke said. It was just the beginnings of a thought. Why don't you at least let me roll it around in my head for a minute before you jump all over it, Luke replied. It's because you're not really quiet about it, Jack said. It's like listening to rocks tumble in a dryer. Then he paused. I have thought about it, too. I just kept a lid on it, Jack said. After looking at the mess on the table and the boxes of paperwork, Luke couldn't help but think that a neural acceleration session... Might be the only thing to shed light on any of it, at least in a compressed time frame. I'm not saying you should do it, and I stand by my previous statement about you frying your brain. But shit, you've been smoking enough weed to where there's probably not much left to fry, Luke thought, flashing a smirk to his brother. Jack shook his head and said out loud, We're tired and fried. Maybe this might warrant another approach acknowledging Luke's thought. Let's sleep on it and see how we feel, Jack said. Yeah, maybe fresh eyes, Luke said.